Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 244, all about the bass. Tonight, Matt and Doug get together and talk about bass guitar. They discuss amps, cabinets, bass strings, pickups, and more about their own experiences learning to play bass. Enjoy the show. Hey, check one, two. Check one, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, Doug? I'm doing good. How about you? (laughs) Did you drop something? I did. Uh, You're a little hot today. (laughs) Well, I thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, queued you right up there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nothing has changed, man. I didn't okay. touch anything. All right. I don't know. <laughs> How are things? Oh, things are really good. Yeah. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Yeah. You're going to have to explain to me what storm windows are. You said you were, uh, <laughs> you were running a little late because you lost track of time. But oh, storm yeah. I don't even know what that is. Oh, what's well, a, we've got a, a, storm window? a three season porch on the okay. back of our house. And to make it kind of the third season to get through the winter, we've got uh, windows that go up and cover up over the, the screens. Okay. And they're just like big plexiglass and frames. And I screw those up onto the outside of the porch every winter to keep the snow from drifting in. Oh, wow. Yeah, my biggest my biggest winter thing is to you know like make sure all the the downspouts are clear. The, I have not cleaned the gutters yet, but I have a culvert I have to rake out. Um, there are many many leaves left to fall. <laughs> oh yeah, it hasn't even started falling here yet. It's just oh really? Yeah, but uh, yeah, any time now. But yeah, I mean the stuff we have to go through is like I got to make sure you know, all the hoses are disconnected from the house, and I've got these. Uh, Little insulated covers that go over all the um, hose bibs, as some people call them. It right, what so they part don't of the freeze. country you're from, you know. But uh, you know, just a uh, winterizing stuff, trying to protect from freezing water lines and stuff like that. Yeah, we don't really have too much in the way of freezing, but um, we we get plenty of rain in the winter. And I'm just I'm sitting under two really tall trees that drop a lot of leaves. Uh, I was looking at them this morning going, okay, I got a lot of raking ahead of me over the next month. (laughs) Uh, We have so many, yeah, we'll have, we'll probably end up with a a pile of leaves that's about six foot high by about 20 feet long and maybe do that twice. Now, what do you, do you burn those? Do you do burn piles? No, the city picks them up. Oh, okay. I compost some some of mine and then I use the rest of it for, for mulching the the flower beds. I don't get rid of any of it. Yeah, we usually don't rake out the flower beds and just leave it there and let that decompose and and then anything that's left after it's too much to like to mulch up into the grass into the yeah. lawn areas because it it's just too much and it'll kill yeah. the grass. Yeah, but yeah. I leave some down and then I cut that up and that's good fertilizer. So yeah, I'll be doing that tomorrow before in the next ring. Anyway, that's all very cool. What else you been up to? Oh, I don't know. I got up early and was practicing bass this morning. And- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> with the amplifier off i assume yeah well i don't have an amp yet so i oh that's right i just uh am running into a line in on my mic pre yeah and 
And then I'm just, I'm going into, into an amp sim and out my headphones, but it's working for now. I kind of really want to have an amplifier though. Yeah. You know, that's how I record mine and always have, even though I now have two bass, uh, amplifiers, both of them are, um, you know, all in ones. Oh, okay. I bought like one combos. new and one used. Yeah. Combos. That's what I meant to say. Um, one used and one new. Um, but regardless, I still, yeah, I, when I record, I record direct and I have some really nice amp sims that I like a lot. And, yeah. um, I think even in studios, that's a common practice to record in or, or to dual record, you know, you do the, the line in, uh, and you also do a, a cab and then you usually you, you blend them. So you get the, the low end, the lowest yeah. end from the line in and then the, the, the tone and, and, and higher, um, the cutting sound from the from the cab in my search for an amp uh, having a di on the amp is is mandatory so i'm only looking at uh at amplifiers that that have it i'm not convinced yet or decided yet i should say on if i'm going to go with a combo or if i'm going to go with an amp cabinet yeah you know, like an amp head um but i i am really gravitating towards the smaller micro amplifiers yeah, I'm always really kind of fascinated when I started seeing those shrink and shrink and shrink, like like a 300 watt uh, bass amplifier head is like you know smaller than the tiny Terror orange. Yeah. They're, how do they? How are they 300 watt if they're so small? I don't get it. Yeah, well, they're it's the Class D amplification, so they don't have to have all the large Class A circuit components in there. Oh, I see. You know, using op amps and stuff like that, but. Yeah, right now <laughs> in my watch list, I, I'm, I think I, I'm really a, a heart key fan. And, oh, okay. And I've always been, I've always liked those, uh, like the XL aluminum cones drivers that they have. I like the attack on those. And from the bass players that I've worked with that have played through those, I, I think they sound really, really good. So yeah. I like, and I, I know now in their current lineup, they've got a combo paper aluminum cone mm -hmm. i haven't heard those but victor wooten's been promoting those all over and uh that's what he's currently playing if that matters but oh, okay but i'm kind of looking for myself at like a like a 210 mm -hmm. um xl aluminum driver cabinet and then i really like this the heart key tx 300 it's a 300 watt micro amplifier and it has everything on it. It has DI and, and uh, you know, and good power. You know, you could certainly drive like a 410 cabinet with that. No problem if you want oh, wow. You know, it's not like I have big aspirations to go out and play bass live. <laughs> I was going to say. Know? <laughs> so really just in the studio, 210s is probably more than I need. I've really been into this uh, Phil Jones bass stuff. And he's got these even, these little micro combos you know like like two five inch speakers or oh, really or two four inch drivers in them that uh, they go down to like 30 hertz and really? yeah and uh they've got good power i mean you could actually play small gigs live with these small ones if you had a larger cabinet you know extension cabinet oh okay yeah and uh i know i shared a link with you the other day on uh, an interview of phil jones and that guy's just like genius man oh he is a genius yeah and his uh his portfolio of work going back 
to the seventies. I mean, it's incredible. I was going to say his, his design portfolio is just phenomenal. You're like, wow, one person designed all these different kinds of speakers yeah. and cabinets. And the funny and thing stuff. is he started out designing giant speakers, you know, like, Oh, room sized. Yeah. Room sized yeah. Yeah, drivers, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then his whole philosophy changed and he wanted to see how he could design something, you know, as small as possible with the highest efficiency and reproduce the the same uh, band of frequencies, you know, the right. same range. Um, so it's pretty neat. Uh, so his stuff really interesting too, but it's a little bit more. But if in terms of combos, you know, by the time I were to buy a cabinet and an amplifier, I could. It's a little bit more than than a combo, right? And Typically, yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm still looking at combos as well. Yeah, I was just thinking the um when say it's like a five inch driver i'm like well that's crazy but then i'm thinking well that's what <laughs> that's like the the low end of really good you know studio monitors so yeah and they're and they're expected to reproduce bass down that low so i guess that makes sense yeah well it's a little you know like the the fives that i've had experience with are rated at 50 hertz yeah and you know so how he's getting down to 30 in four or five inch drivers dual drivers but sure. I think a lot of that is cabinet design. And, yeah, it must be. And those are uh, passive radiated ported cabinets. So the he's got uh, some cabinet design that's made to emphasize that low end as well. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah, that's all. That's all pretty cool. Um, I'm just laughing in my head thinking of why I think those little amplifiers are so funny because they look ridiculous sitting on top of a giant. <laughs> cabinet yeah <laughs> it's like it's like that doesn't belong there it looks like a crab scuttling along some rocks or something who was the cartoon character with the huge bulky body and the tiny little head <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> but yeah kind of like that um tell me explain to me why you need a di on a on an amplifier head i usually look for a headphone port on a combo so that i can play it both quietly and out loud. Um, I don't always find that, but why would you want DI on an amp head? Well, most of these, uh, most of these heads have a selector for pre or post EQ oh. for the DI. So in essence, you can get the same tone qualities coming through your DI into your, into your DAW. Uh, of your oh, amplifier. you mean it, it? You mean the amplifier direct inputs out into your computer interface? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were thinking. I, I was thinking the other way around. Direct in, so you'd want. Uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out why you'd want in to the amplifier from anything other oh, than no. the instrument. But these all do have, like, like eighth inch stereo jacks, or some mm -hmm. have quarter where you can plug an MP3 player. Uh, or something like that in, which is really handy for practice. If you're learning songs, doing record right. copying or whatever, where you can just rather than happen to have on your stereo or on your computer or whatever, you can just have your whole practice session playing through your amp. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that makes it easier, that's kind of neat. But as far as for recording goes, the DI out on the amplifiers is for recording into the DAW. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. But then, yeah, then you can take two channels. You can run a mic. And then a DI, and you don't have to have an external DI box that way. Yeah, I have a couple of those. Uh, I don't use them as often because they're just not nearly as convenient as plugging directly in and then using a, a cab yeah. sim, um, which I have and like. So I've been um, using, I've been playing around with the 
you know, and love the Blue Cat uh, yep. guitar amplifiers. Yep. Yep. So I really like the classic amp in the Blue Cat free plugin for bass and oh. just with some tweaks. So it's, you definitely got to treat it differently than you would guitar. Yeah. Gain can get way over the top real fast and stuff like that. So, but you dial the gain back and the EQ is really nice on those. And I've been real happy with some tones I've been getting out of that. Um, my main simulator rig is uh, the two notes with a, with a 410 part key cabinet. And, and I really like that. The, the one thing that I've been, and I mentioned to you the other day, I'm kind of on a search for replacing the pickups in my bass. Oh yeah. And I just have quite a bit of noise and which we've talked about in a previous episode as well. Yeah. These are the converted ones, right? They were, they were um, active and now they're passive. Yeah. And so it's really inconvenient. I mean, seriously, I have to like rotate to a specific direction in my, at my desk oh. uh, to play because if I'm facing my computer or I'm anywhere in a 60 degree angle of it, it's, it's just too much noise. Yeah. So they're that, they're that sensitive, you're saying? Yeah. And I went and looked in because they're all coated inside with um, copper foil, you know, in the cavities and stuff like uh -huh. that. And, and I double checked the grounding and everything. That, that all looks fine. So it just seems to be the pickups are just really um, sensitive to uh, RF interference. Huh. And, or uh, or EM, you know, it's probably electromagnetic interference from the monitor or something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, remind me, are they? Uh, what's the configuration of your pickups in that base? It's it's got two soap bar pickups. They're like four. It's a six, it's a six string base. They're four and a half inch. Oh, okay. So it's wide. like a jazz jazz style J J base. Um, I guess so. I don't know. That's been a confusing thing. If you go look for six string bass pickups, there's like so many different styles and some are obviously not it it's definitely a soap bar yeah type. yeah and the ones that i have I, I took one of the pickups out the other day just to try and figure out who the manufacturer was or get any and it's unbranded and unlabeled it has a serial number that doesn't pull up anything in the search <laughs> on it and, that's, that's not atypical i think <laughs> yeah and so trying to figure out what i want you know so if you go like to on the emg site or to Aguilar's site there are so many options and trying to figure out, well, what tone is this? And right. what am I actually, they've got, you know, they've got, what are they? Like, uh, 37s and 45s. And what does that actually mean? And, and so <laughs> anyway, try, I'm trying to traverse this information divide that I have right now on, on active pickups for bass and figure out. Oh, wait, so you're going too active or are you going to yeah, go Yeah, I want to go back to active on it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, my, my knowledge of, the base pickup configuration is is limited to the the name which is i and i want to say fender was the one who kind of started with the, the electric basses and j bass refers to jazz bass and that's typically the two soap bar pickup and they call that soap bar which is like the bar um a j pickup and then the p pickup is from the fender precision bass and that's the split yeah the two split and that's um that's like what you have on your new bass right yeah, so my my other bass um is a is called is a PJ configuration. So it's got the the split pickup, the P style pickup um in the middle position and then it's got the the J pickup near the bridge, which is pretty typical. Um and then my new one it just has the one uh split P 
P style pickup, the precision style pickup. So you can safely say I'm looking for a J pickup then. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So I'm looking for a soap bar J. And then the, I found, I don't have the name of the company with me. They had this, all these different magnet configurations. And so they've got like, you know, two parallel ones. They got one, a single, you know, horizontal one. They've got other ones that are like in X configurations with, <laughs> with reversing polarities and it's like, man. Sounds like that's a lot. That's way more than I know about. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you need to hop on some uh, like bass guitar forum and like yeah. just troll their troll their threads. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, dang, I'm going to have to like call and talk to a sales rep or something because this is like ridiculous. Well, do they sell them at Sweetwater? Because we all have dedicated Sweetwater reps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 sell, they sell a couple of them. So, uh of the brands that I'm looking at. So I could probably get some information for my sales rep there. Yeah. It might be worth just, you know, you know getting some knowledge off of them. <laughs> Call my buddy, Michael at <laughs> Sweetwater. Oh, uh, for dropping names. My, mine is Ben. Okay. <laughs> dropping name. <laughs> Too funny. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, yeah, I replaced on my, on my, um, my older base, which is like a Ibanez OEM, but it doesn't have the Ibanez name on it. It's got, I replaced those pickups with pickups that I got. I think I got them off eBay from somebody who took apart a, a Mexican f- um, Fender PJ base and sold the pickups out. So, so those are not stock. Um, and then the new one, uh, they're, they're stock. I think the, the way I use the old one is that the, the P pickup, which is in the middle, it gives you like the warm middle tones and then the J pickup, which is near the bridge, gives you the, the cut, the bite, and uh, you just kind of blend the two and dial them in. So uh, that's how a PJ kind of works for tone. But I'm finding that on the new one, because the strings are brand new and it's been, a, I don't want to say how long since uh, I've had new bass strings. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they have both the warmth from the pickup and the bite from the string itself. So uh, it's a different tone, which I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying playing with that. Yeah, well, you know, the old the old excuse, you know, is I really like the sound of old strings better, you know. Yeah, well, if if you didn't have to miss a car payment to buy new ca- pay, to new bass what strings. What are they, like 35 yeah. bucks for a set of strings? Oh, they're, they're more than that. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're, I don't know why they're so damn expensive, but they're really, like, I think the last time I looked, the, the cheapest ones I saw were 45 bucks for a oh, really? set of strings. Yeah, I guess that's for a four string, too, at I haven't, uh, these, my, my bass came with, uh, brand new strings on it, which was nice. Yeah. And, uh, so I haven't had to shop yet, but yeah, for a six string, I wonder what that's going to run. Thankfully you can only, you can buy one string at a time. Yeah, <laughs> so true. I think, uh, I think I just replaced so the one I like, hit the most is the bottom string. Yeah. So rather than paying over time, you could just buy one string at a time and then, yeah, you know, not, <laughs> almost like a payment plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then your sales rep at Sweetwater's like, you know, you get free shipping every time. And they're like, damn, this is costing us a lot of money. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, I guess it's all about, all about the base. All about the base today. Do you have a preference of types of strings for base or, or sizes or anything? I don't, I haven't replaced my strings often enough to have either a preference for the brand or an a, attempt to change sizes or do anything beyond like normal. Yeah. I'm looking right now cause I don't actually remember, but let me see if I can find the, uh... I think there's like a typical set 
like there would be for an electric guitar, which is usually referred to by the lightest string, like, oh yeah, I use tens, you know, or I use elevens, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know that they do that for bass. I think it's more the opposite, but okay. I could be wrong. Mine's got a set of GHS on it. Boomers, yeah. Those oh, that, are good. And I like them. And it's running it's a set of of uh well I guess if you're like guitar strings, you know, if you list them by the by the uh smallest gauge, this is a set of twenty fives. Okay. And it's it's twenty five, thirty five, forty, fifty five, seventy, and ninety. Okay. Are the uh, uh you know, so nineties on the on the B string. God, I think I'm playing one oh fives. Oh really? Those must be heavy ones then. But I wanted a heavier string because mine is tuned down to D and it's a twenty four fret. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you've got the, I've got a, a 22 fret, so I don't have the scale length that you do. So you can actually uh, get lower than, than I can without it flabbing out too bad. Yeah. Oddly, the new bass, which is but only here's a 22 string, fret. Though. Yeah, the, the new one is, is about the same size. I was kind of surprised. I thought it would be a little shorter, the scale length. But I'm really happy with mine. You know, I mean, it was an inexpensive bass. It wasn't the cheapest bass that I could find. But it, I bought it used, and it had been worked on. The body had been refinished. It's got the neck is fantastic on it. I love the neck. That's important. It's a typical Ibanez neck. So if you like Ibanez necks on guitars, you know the the bass guitar in this is it's the same shape. It's just a, a bigger neck because it's a bass, right? You know, so it's that shallow D shape that I've grown to know and love for so many years on guitar, and. Yeah, but these pickups and, and the, you know, like I said, the the reason that they had been rewired is because those come with a, the active come with a little amplifier in them, which is a, a low end amplifier. Oh, it's a little board that's inside the back cavity and that thing fried out and stopped working. So rather than change it all out, the previous owner rewired the actives to passive, which is other than the noise, it, I think it sounds great, you know? Yeah. But I just can't get rid of that noise. Have you thought of using a um, a, a, a noise gate pedal rather than... Oh, I uh, am. I am. Oh, you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then uh, right before, as you pluck a string, you get that zzz that comes up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, on the attack. And so that noise gate, when it breaks and... You get the noise comes in with the right, you know, with the tone, and um, and I'm just not digging that too much. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that was a good description of the neck. I have that on my my 24 fret. That the shallow D shape of the Ibanez bass. the The new one is different. It's more of a classic Fender C shape, and uh, yeah, it's that's going to take a little getting used to. But it's still it's a fun one to play. No, Did yeah, you say I've yours was fretless, narrow, and what's that? Did you say yours is fretless? No, no. Oh, okay. I wouldn't know what the hell to do with a fretless. Yeah, my brother uh, <laughs> up in Portland, um, he bought a used bass, uh, which uh, it's just a, it's a really nice uh, higher-end Ibanez five-string that uh, the previous owner, I believe, took the frets out, um, filled in the, the fret wire um, holes, and then refinished the fretboard so the lines are there but it's a fretless bass and gotcha. uh it's a it probably looks I mean, really nice 
it does look really nice and it plays great, but it did take getting used to because um, instead of putting your finger behind the fret, <laughs> you have to put your finger on the where the fret used to be. So that took a little figuring out, which makes sense, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, fun to play. Great sounding bass. But fretless is, is weird. And you do use, uh, you do use round wounds instead of, um, is it? No, you use flat wounds, flat wounds instead of round wounds. Otherwise, you risk damaging the fretboard because it's, oh, right. You're, you're touching it constantly by pressing the, the string. You don't want that. You don't want the, it, it'd be like sanding basically with like right. 100 grit sandpaper. <laughs> um, and, and flat wounds do sound a little differently, they're not as bright. Yeah, I, I think these are round wounds that are on mine. Yeah, that's that's normal, and they they do tend to be brighter. Yeah, and they yeah flat wounds they feel different. Uh, if you if you are interested in trying a, a to get a warmer sound, um, and you have the money for new strings, <laughs> um, flat wounds are are fun. I run flat wounds on my jazz guitars. Oh, do you really? I like them. Yeah, because it, it is a warmer kind of a silkier tone than round right. ones are yeah yeah and you don't get that zit, zit. yeah no they're really smooth as you're sliding up and down the strings and stuff yeah so so i guess they're a little bit quieter as far as um spreading noise and stuff like that i do kind of like a little bit of that zit, zit. it's um <laughs> i liken it to like the squeaking of uh basketball shoes during a basketball game like it's just to me it's part <laughs> of the it's almost like ghost notes it's a little bit part of the energy and it lets you know that a real person was actually playing the guitar and not you know it's not synthesized and it's not over you know over clean overproduced uh, a little bit of fret noise i or string noise i'm okay with that so tell me about have you been playing the new bass much? Um, I was playing it this week. Yeah, I haven't had an, a whole lot of extra time. I was planning on playing it this weekend. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's got a great it's got a great tone. I think I'm going to use it. Remember, I was saying the other day that I did a a plugin purge and cleaned out a whole bunch of old plugins that I either don't use or never wanted or or just uh, you know are, are just not good. And uh, I think I'm going to take the new bass and use it as an excuse to kind of go through and find favorite bass tones and bass plugins because I do have a, a selection. And I know I have a couple favorites. I have, um, I have a GK, a Galen Kruger um, sim that I love. And I have a couple others that I use a lot. And uh, I just want to make sure that I don't have any plugins that I'll never use. You know what I mean? And it's an opportunity to find like new yeah, tones. Go, oh, that. hey, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am. I am kind of over the whole free plugin giveaway thing. Hey, free plugin? Like, no, <laughs> I got plugins to do that. I don't need that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll be a good excuse to kind of sit down and go through bass tones and, and find some good stuff to to make to throw in a template and say, hey, use this as your as your palette for creation. You know what I mean? So. What's your thoughts on the budget guitar buy and how do you like the build quality and the playability and stuff like that of the, of the new bass of the glary? Yeah, it's, um, uh, the, the build quality is good. I, I think I said, I, um, the, the tuners are probably the first thing that I'll replace eventually. Uh, they're passable, but not necessarily the, 
you can you can kind of tell that they're not the the highest quality tuners but the build of the bass and the feel of it when you play it is good the satin neck i it was not completely smooth so i took a little bit of uh, steel wool to it just gently to make sure that it was you know as smooth as it could be but the otherwise the finish of it is is great um and this it's it's well set up too i didn't need to do any setup changes i just needed to tune it but yeah it's uh it's it's solid it's a good budget buy and and i you know i i, I definitely would recommend it for anybody who either wants a spare or just needs something for for uh tracking purposes uh in the studio for for demos or whatever who's not like a, a bassist who's not totally into basses and doesn't need to get the highest end bass but just needs to have something to put in a song or for tracking or for for writing or for for making demos it's perfect for that and that's what i that's basically what i bought it for i'm not i'm not out gigging with it or anything like that i'm just uh yeah i'm just laying down some bass lines and and actually it's a great i find bass is a great songwriting tool you know how a lot of people write songs on piano well i'm not a i'm not a keyboard player and i i'll i write songs on bass more than anything else it's a good foundational instrument yeah you know so i've only played bass for like a a month now really i thought you had one before this is your first bass this is my first bass oh i had no idea and and so i just have been starting like brand new you know yeah i mean i i actually started with you know some lessons on let's learn about your bass guitar you know and uh, <laughs> you know and went through the the tuning yeah because i was kind of like what is it? you know i got a six string to begin with so I'm trying to just you know what's uh what's the actual tuning of that what do i want what are my options you know right the guitar came tuned to a uh, regular six string guitar tuning so with, oh. a low, with a low e is that normal no, but you can, you know, there's no rules, I guess. You can do whatever <laughs> I guess you want. that's true. <laughs> and so I played it like that for a few days and I was like, you know, I think I, think I, I usually B, C, D, and then the regular tuning after that. Yeah. So yeah, it was E, A, D, G, B, E. Yeah. And I was like, well, I kind of bought this to learn how to play bass. So I'm going to go back to, I'm going to set this up to bass tuning. And I was, I was worried that there was a reason oh. that. You know, so when I tuned it down to low B, yeah, you know, E, A, D, G, and C, then, and played it, I was like, well, there's nothing wrong with this at all. I thought- It that, wasn't floppy? No, no, it, it, doing really good. And and it gets low, man. I'll bet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll bet it does. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's down there. It's, it'll, you know, it could cause you to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and- I will say I've never tried tuning down that low. I don't know if I I've even gone you, down to C. If you got seat. low enough and you turned it up high enough, you know, you might like, just, Oop. yeah, <laughs> got to run. <laughs> no need for coffee. Got to no. go. And combined with coffee, it's, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> well, no wonder you were playing it first thing in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I, I have made a a regimen and, and I, I get up in the morning and have coffee and I, I've been practicing every day. Um, I have found that it's my left hand conditioning for bass is when I first started, it was like, I, I could practice for like 15 minutes and 
Yeah, and then those I need strings, to, and then man. Need to they're take a break. And, they're thick. <laughs> you know, I'm doing stretches, and it's not like it's hard to play. The action's really, really good on the bass and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But and there is the reach, you know. So yeah, because of the wider frets and and yeah, the thicker strings. But it doesn't take much effort to fret. So it's it, a lot of it's just working on relaxation and stuff like that. But well, when I play past the the like the fifth i mean uh between the first and the fifth fret i use i i go first finger pinky i don't i don't attempt to do my yeah i've been using my pinky a lot on it i'm not at a point where i'm you know running scales or anything like that you know so it's it's more about comfort and just being able to to get to the note that i want and play it comfortably but still at this point after a month i can practice about about 40 45 minutes now and then i i gotta break off and but I had been doing like uh, two or three 45 minute sessions a day. And, but I just, I can't go much, for, much longer than that. And by the third session, it's like, I'm really, even if I wanted to practice more, I need to be done because it's, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's pain is starting to come in and that's no good. You know? so, <laughs> no, that's not good. I guess, you know, something to be really careful with is, you know, don't want to end up with like carpal tunnel or something like that. Yeah. And, no, no. And uh, so, even with, I'm pretty happy though. It's, it's been a good progression of learning. And I know I talked about, you know, using true fire and, and so I'm still working through that and, you know, and those lessons and just going to see how far I go. And I've been picking up on other things. And I know in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, you need to really start working on some scales and, but man, that's, that's where, you know, I can, okay, I'm going to run, you know, I, I, right now <laughs> I can't even go through you know, all the modes I can make it about halfway through, you know, I, I get to like Lydian and my hand is worn out. If I, if I'm working all the way up to the 12th fret and back, yeah. you know, no, you need to skills. get your finger strength and dexterity up for base strings yeah. before you start diving into modes. And then the other I thing is, is I've never played right hand style like you do on bass before. And so trying to, you know, and right now I'm just doing two finger finger style. And, oh, cool. and trying to get that in that's time. A whole th- and, yeah, that's a whole thing unto itself. I just use a pick. I don't even try. Uh, yeah, I decided yeah. I, I didn't want to be illegal. I, I want to, you know, play bass legitimately. And, oh, hey, there's no rules here. There's no rules. Well, hey, as far as Davey 504 says, it's illegal to play bass <laughs> with a pick. Okay. Well, so. then he can arrest me. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I don't care how you play bass. That's funny. But I wanted to learn the finger style on it. and. Um, and approach it that way and slap. But yeah, what's really cool is it's really nice to grab the guitar and just play. And I didn't have to reach into my pocket to get something else, you know, and oh, that's fair. That's and uh, so it's kind of neat that way. But so the whole right hand coordination and, you know, getting being able to just play eighth notes solid. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, seriously, this stuff is it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's so, not. It's all a whole different level of muscle memory. Yeah. Because your left hand is just trying to build up something that it already kind of knows, but your right hand is yeah. learning something completely new. And getting them on the right string. Yeah. My left hand is doing great other than fatigue. I know the fretboard, but trying to get my left and right hand working together has been like a real challenge. So that's, yeah. Um, you know, well, daily practice. Daily practice. There. Yeah. I just measured while you were talking, I measured my, uh, my, um, my 24 fret there is between the nut and the fifth fret uh, a nine inch <laughs> it's a nine inch stretch my hand is never going to do that that's why i use my pinky 
uh, up there at that at that part. And yes, I keep a measuring tape in my studio, <clears throat> generally in case I have to uh, check my speaker distance from wall. Et cetera, yeah, I don't have a. I was just looking. I don't have a tape measure down here. Nope. The nope. the other base is closer to eight inches, which is still pretty far. Yeah, I have no I idea how to measure it. I think it's pretty dang far. I mean, my first fret. You probably can't hear me because I'm facing the other way. My no, first fret is like it's like two inches. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's significant. So yeah, you're you're stretching that hand out, and when you're stretching it, then you don't have as much leverage, and that's why you get the fatigue. Another trick is to uh, help your pinky by putting your ring finger and your pinky, um, having them combine for that effort. Yeah, uh, actually, the 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 instructor uh, the, of the lessons that I'm taking right now said some people actually tape them together. <laughs> oh, do that! I never heard that, but that's a good one. Oh, I know what I was going. I know what I was going to say. The when you play finger style, you get a you get a softer, warmer tone, uh, and when you play with a pick, you get more attack. Yeah. So it is different. So for rock bass, like you want metal bass or whatever, you're probably going to use a pick because you want that attack to cut through. Right. But for right. if we're laying down a groove, uh, you know, you you may want to go back to the the finger style. You know, the other thing is is that I've had a complete transition in my listening focus. So, and realizing, you know, I really had, you know, while I've always been aware of what's going on with the bass, I've never really listened in an analytical way of what, what is the bass player actually doing? Oh, kind of listening, yeah. You know, it's fascinating, and, isn't it? And, yeah. You know, it just to, to think about the question, what's the role of a bass player in, in right. the band? And, and it's really, it's the glue of the entire tune and, you know, and it's uh, the bass and the, and the drums are really just driving everything and holding it together it's it's a new experience to approach my listening a lot of the artists that i've listened to for a long time but in the context of of other bands and with guitar and and stuff like that but like abraham laboreal and let's see i've been uh stanley clark has been a big one for me here recently um marcus miller and so i'm doing a lot more bass artist centric listening than i ever have before as well okay that's interesting i found when i started when i first bought a bass and started listening to bass lines that was when the whole song opened up for me like as soon as i started focusing on the bass which is usually the underpinning of the song like the kick and the snare always mixed to cut through and you always hear the singer and the guitars but when i started listening to the bass line that's when i suddenly found that i could hear every instrument like as soon as you can figure out how to focus on just the bass then you can figure out how to focus on any single other element in the song at least that's how it opened up for me yeah and the thing is is that it's not necessarily that easy to to do that because no. of where you're listening and are you able to even hear down that far and, True. you know so it's it's pretty tough in some listening situations especially if there's a lot of low ambient noise around you to really pick that out whereas the the mid and upper high stuff is or upper mid stuff is a lot easier because it cuts through the mix and it also you know it, it's every speaker reproduces it well true and you know and if the, you have a bass player who's got like a mid scoop you know and you're just getting highs and lows you know then it's really hard to hear what they're they're doing unless you're on a decent system or a good set of headphones or something like that yeah that's true too I will say that whenever I've 
like really liked a song like unexpectedly like wow this song just really gets me this the song really makes me move the song really sticks in my head whenever i try to figure out why inevitably it's the bass line so yeah it really is the unsung hero of basically every song you've ever loved <laughs> so here's to the unsung heroes here's to the unsung heroes i'm raising my tea <laughs> and I'm raising my, my empty coffee <laughs> all right man i gotta call it a day gotta, yeah let's do it got a lot uh, i gotta go to rake do. some leaves dude yep <laughs> and then later i'm gonna practice some bass right on <laughs> hey okay, have a good one yeah you too have a great day thanks listeners hey, for listeners. sticking with us <laughs> appreciate oh yeah you. listeners <laughs> oh yeah listeners we appreciate you <laughs> that's all why three we're of doing you. this that's right all, all all three of you you see matt and i just enjoy talking to each other jack so much john that, and sharon that, oh yeah there's a reason why we do this and that's that's you listeners so that's that's right <laughs> thanks for tuning in all right cheers have a great week cheers Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs> you totally forgot we were even doing a podcast. <laughs> so funny.